The following is a hoop ball presentation. Welcome to the Fantasy NBA Today podcast. Tuesday is here. I do love Tuesdays. I love me some full degeneracy on the pod. Dan Bespris, Neil Rochlani. It is uh, betting Tuesday. It's also Fantasy 101 continues. We started that yesterday with a look at mock drafts. We'll continue that today. We're going to be digging into early rounds of fantasy drafts. It'll be a slightly shorter lesson today uh, because I want to make sure we leave enough time for my little pet on the side here, and that is gaming. Neil, good, good Tuesday to you. I'm excited to talk more season win totals this week. I know you don't have a problem when you can leave it as a pet on the side because <laughs> to me it's it's like the elephant in the room. So, but at least it's not. So, it was for a really long time, right? Like an actual elephant in the room is that everybody bets and nobody was willing to talk about it because it was taboo. They finally sort of dropped that BS because come on, I get it. Like in the '70s, '60s, '70s, it was a mob bracket. It's not anymore. Everybody bets on sports. If you if you watch sports religiously, you've probably placed a bet on it. Lord knows I live in L.A. I'm a four-hour drive from Vegas. But, you know, I, I put a bet on sports before I was 21. You just send it $10 in with your dad or whatever. So uh, it's not really an elephant in the room from that perspective anymore. Not at all. Um, Thank goodness. And uh, it's going to get bigger and bigger, right? It's just going to – I'm waiting for like the – I'm so curious how it all plays out like legally because it's like state by state right now. And I wonder if it ever becomes nationalized and then if it becomes like one national market, almost like a, a stock exchange type thing for for prices. But we'll see. We're getting ahead of ourselves. That would be wild. But I, you then you – the only way I see that happening is if a place like a Harrah's or an MGM just takes over so many books that they can just run it all out of a central unit. Because right now you've got, just, I mean, just in Vegas alone, you have an, a number of different sports books that all go to different coffers. I mean, a lot of those, a lot of those properties are MGM properties in Vegas, but not all of them. So, you know, you'll see those numbers move around different, and then you've got the different offshores. Uh, you'd really have to all bets would have to go sort of through one central hub for that to work, and that feels like a long way away. I don't know that that ever happens because people want to keep their own money. Yeah, yeah, but you know, um, from a pricing perspective, from a consumer's perspective, it does. I don't know if you remember this site called Matchbook. Do you ever do you ever remember that website? No, is that um, anything like the Facebook? <laughs> no, it's not. No, Matchbook. It was uh, it would match customers. So instead of taking, they wouldn't take a vig. They would take one percent on every transaction. Huh. Um, and so you would have lines like plus one hundred six, minus one hundred eight. And so, if, if you were betting, you'd be very tight. Yes, you'd you'd be just basically doing bid and ask spreads, like almost buying a stock. So you're not like they don't need to manage. They don't need to manage the risk on a team. They just need to get. They want a transaction volume. They never got enough volume to make it work. They were based out of the UK and it never. That's a shame. Ended up holding. Like, that's they, a good they, idea. But they didn't have obviously on on big games. They had a lot of liquidity, and then on the smaller games, had very little. So I feel like you could do quite a bit just as like a sports book aggregator at this point, where you're just like, hey, are you betting underdogs? Maybe you should check out this sports book over here, where everybody mm-hmm. else is betting the public favorite. You might get better odds at this sports. So that's that's probably out there, like the Trivago of sports. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, Sportsbook Review does that. I don't know if you ever use their site. They have all the uh, big names up, at least the odds up for every game, and then all the different major sites. So they definitely take some kind of cut if you click through and then deposit money. I would think it. so, yeah. yeah I would right. think so. Yeah, that uh-huh. makes sense. Uh, welcome to Fantasy NBA Today. You may be confused. This is still Fantasy NBA Today. Uh, at Dan Vespers, at Ball with Neil, or you can also follow him on Twitter at uh, Big Orange Ball Neil. <laughs> what? Wait, wait, wait. Wait one second. No, it, medium orange just, ball, Neil. I'm, it's just orange ball, Neil. It's not big. <laughs> <laughs> one day I'm going to get you to actually change your Twitter handle to orange ball, Neil. Uh, Dan Vasquez, Neil Rochlani. That's our names. This is, of course, a Hawaiian Isles Kona Coffee presentation. Uh, perfect thing to put into your body before you talk sports betting. You better be wired when you dig into the numbers, or you're going to miss something. At H.I. Kona Coffee on Twitter, HawaiianIsles.com is the website, Hawaiian Isles on Amazon as well. This is, of course, also a hoop ball presentation. That should be fairly obvious at this point. 
thank you to everybody that keeps tuning in on this thing. I, I think I mentioned it on a podcast either last week or the week before. I was going through some of the numbers, and uh, we're actually up 60% listenership year over year, which is pretty crazy considering kind of how far we've come already. It's not like we're going from uh, like 50 to 80 at this point. Going 60% up the second week of the show was very easy. Uh, but once you get into the thousands, that, that becomes a lot tougher, and, and that's what you guys are doing now. So uh, thank you. Keep rating and reviewing the show. That's part of it. Subscribing is part of it. Uh, we're trying to make sure this podcast is available literally any place on the Internet that podcasts are uh, found. And if you happen to have looked in a place and didn't see it there, let me know, at Dan Vespers on Twitter, and I'll find a way to get it there because I've been uh, knee-deep in a giant podcast project over here, and, and now's the perfect time to... Just put one more thing on that to-do list. But betting. Betting is topic number one on today's show. We started to, Neil, we we did sort of like a gut check on a few season win totals last week. This week, we're actually going to just start plowing through them six at a time. That's the initial plan here. Best laid plans. We'll see how long that takes us. If it's too long, we'll drop it back. If it's not long enough, we could obviously do more. And I ruined Neil's day by saying we're going to do it alphabetically because that's just how I was typing them up. Uh, luckily, you've done all of them, and I am uh, still at P, so I haven't finished yet. <laughs> <laughs> so that's why that's why I'm buying myself another couple of weeks. I think I think one of those teams like Washington was going to screw me up if we went from the lowest to the highest. So we're starting with Atlanta uh, at. I have them at 32 and a half. Is that what you operated on? Yes, 32 and a half. Mm. Mm. So I actually, believe it or not, mm-hmm. I want you to go before me on these because I think your analysis is going to be better this year than mine. I've been doing so many damn things over here. And second point is, you were the king of season win totals last year. I was yeah, I was thank a, you. I was a mere well, nineteen and eleven. Might, might be a big, big, big word there. Uh, definitely among the two of us, I definitely uh, yes. outperformed you. <laughs> <laughs> that's really that's really all that matters in my yeah. world, Dan. That's all that matters. Well, we both by beat one, Bruce. by one game, by one team, actually. I should say twenty. You were twenty and ten. No, twenty one nine. No, you had me by up. two. I was nineteen and eleven. I think right. Oh, I thought you were twenty and ten. I think I was twenty and ten the year before. Oh, I don't know. Oh, all right. And it was one of those two. Yeah, you you were the winner. We both beat Brew, so we can feel good about that. He also had a winning record, but he only uh, put in an, uh, a write-up on 21 of the 30 teams. He was 12-9. and nine. So all winners all the way around, but biggest winner was um, Orange Ball Neal. So <laughs> the Atlanta Hawks, what are you thinking on this one? They've had a lot of off-season activity, some good, some bad, some weird. Uh, yes. And what I'll, what I'll do here is I, I kind of try to – tee this up to the best of my ability and then dig into your uh, assessment is the Hawks last year coming off a 29 win season. They were 29, excuse me, and 53 last year. Do they have what it takes, Neil, to add four more wins this coming season? Uh, do you want right? You want the punchline? Or you want me to walk through it? First? Oh, and this is entirely up to you, man. It depends how you like to tell jokes. Um, all right, let me start off way back when. Um, okay, the year so, the year was 1984. <laughs> the year was uh, Atlanta was founded. Um, so basically, <laughs> I don't start with last year's wins. I start with last year's Pythagorean wins. Okay, so what was Atlanta's uh, adjusted Pythagorean win wins, total? Twenty four. Twenty four. That can't be right. Yeah, that's what it was. How did they end up with five additional wins? I don't know. That's not very good. That's not very good. So I start with twenty four. That's where that's my starting point. So maybe I should give I should uh, mention that. So I, I actually because I, I have a pretty good guess. That's more to... that's more relevant than the actual wins. And maybe I, maybe I'm wrong about this, Evan. But that that's what I did last year. It worked out for me. So I'm staying with at least for another season. Um, then I, I go into I, and I got a lot of this from you. I should I should mention. You, you are my um, mentor in this. It's um, fine. There's there was a very there was a really popular movie in the late '70s where one person trained another person to be good at something, and yes. then that person became better than the first one. I for some reason the name of the movie eludes me, uh, but it was really popular, and it has a like a nine movie franchise made out of it now. Anyway, go on. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> All right. So I'm looking at consistency. 
from from the uh, the organization. Roster improvement or whatever the opposite of that is. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> development. Um, okay, see what is called that. Um, the coach. Aww. I'm sorry, yeah, but you know, too, uh, too soon. <laughs> the coach. Whether I think the coach is uh, going to help them or not with this new construction. Um, their motivation, and then the last one is the conference. Did the conference change? So I, I put numerical values to all those. Um, so starting off with 24 wins, I have Atlanta improving seven wins to 31. Ooh, so, that's close, man. Yeah, under the 32 and a half. Oof, but not a whole lot of margin there. No, no, I don't feel good about this. But um, if I had to bet it, I'd bet the under. Yeah, this is one of my lower confidence bets as well. This was one I gave a 3 out of 10 because I had them at 33, which is just ahead of yours. Um, I, I Like you, I thought that there was going to be a pretty good jump this year. And I think the reason perhaps that I have them just a tiny bit farther out in front is that I am really putting a lot on the story for this team. And the story right now, to me, is that I think they want to win. And so a few of these, and it might even be, I mean, this may be stuff that gets rolled into all that stuff, is uh, at the end of the year when a lot of teams are giving up, I think you may see Atlanta get one or two wins that maybe they don't deserve against a team that perhaps they shouldn't beat. Uh, The East is also terrible, which is, I mean, that's like a, that's a pretty used up trope, but is, it is relevant because they have more games against these pretty awful teams. Uh, John Collins health was a, was a piece for me. Uh, him being around the entire year, I think is going to be nice. The loss of Dwayne Dedman, I thought is going to be something that stunts them a little bit. Their center position is, unless they play John Collins, they're not going to be that great this season and, and they may be forced to do so. Uh, but I also actually, and this is like the little things I like the Evan Turner pickup. I, I like Kent Bazemore more as a player but I like Evan Turner more as a fit because they really had nothing when Trey Young was on the bench last year. They were just a total disaster. And now at least they have somebody that can kind of run the second unit a little bit. So I, I think they're going to keep playing uh, hard, which we saw last year. I think they squeeze a few more out. So I am a very low confidence over. But you and I are within two wins of one another. And I think it. I, I think what the, the final verdict on this is that number's pretty good. Yeah, it really is. I was surprised. I thought it would be higher, given the. I thought it'd be lower. <laughs> oh, you thought it was gonna be? You thought it was gonna be like uh, around thirty? I, yeah, I thought it was gonna be pretty close to where they were last year, like oh, build okay. on last season's numbers. But it was well above it, and I was like, God damn it! I thought I was gonna, you know, I was gonna have a thirty-three here, and then look at the number, and it's like, oh, twenty-nine and a half, fantastic, high confidence, and it's thirty-two and a half. I'm going, ah, you gotta be kidding me, you turds. <laughs> so, uh, if I was actually going to go to Vegas and uh, and and bet on all of these, th- I'm not going to bet on all 30 of these teams. This is one that I would likely skip. Is this mm-hmm. one you'd have enough confidence to put a small wager on, or is this a skip for you as well? Probably not. I mean, I'm going to end up with like last year, I ended up with six bets, um, and yeah. I think it'll be similar this year. So I can't see this being one of them. Yeah, it's just too close. Uh, either, it's way too over. close. Yeah. This, this is where the uh, the coin flips are going to go in one of our directions. And... I know. I'm already <laughs> regretting this now. No, you Any shouldn't. <laughs> you, why would you regret it? You beat me my two last year. You got I a few know, of them. but, you know. You got those like, tight uh, ones. Yeah. Hey, listen, you got the tight ones. That That's that's sometimes not all luck. Uh, yeah. What do you think about the roster composition? Do you, li- do you like the lo- the loss of... Like, I, I have no problem with the fact that Torian Prince is not on this team anymore. He seemed like a really bad fit once Trey Young became so ball-dominant. And Prince was just like, he was lost. He didn't know what the hell to do out there. So I almost feel like there's a little bit of an addition by subtraction because you go get somebody into the lineup that's a better fit. That's a good point. Well, I, I wasn't seeing it that way. I thought uh, Deadman and Prince did add some value to that team uh, in terms of talent. Maybe they weren't the right fits, though. No, Deadman uh, was. Deadman was for sure. That one is. Yeah. That's the one I think that's that's the one that's going to hurt them a little bit because they're they're very thin up front. And Baysmore, and like you said, I do. Now that you mentioned, I do agree with you that Evan Turner is someone who's probably a better fit. And he's also, I think, someone who's going to care more when he's out there than uh, Baysmore did. So um, <laughs> you're right. <laughs> no, I think Turner. He's a really he's a really hard player. Uh, he's always been that way. So I, I like his uh, motivation. We'll see. I mean, if they are, you're right. I mean, the East, the bottom of the East is going to be bad, and they're not going to be in the bottom. They're a team that will compete with 
most teams in the East, I think. Is, is. is Alan Crabb a better fit with this team than Torian Prince was? He might be. Oh, gosh. Uh, Forget the salary for a minute. Yeah, yeah. I don't know their games enough, to be honest. I can look through their numbers, but I, I don't know their games enough to really say that. Do you? I don't know Alan Crabb's game that well. A little, bit, a little bit more spot-uppy than, oh, okay. than Torian Prince. So I think, I think they tried to build, and this is like your... Uh, <laughs> so the, uh, people are going to crush me for saying this because it's not accurate, but they're trying to build around their superstar and that's yep. the way they have it in their mind. Now, obviously Trey young is not at that level yet. He's, he did show nice improvement towards the end of last year. He was a fantasy wreck for most of the season, but they have a guy who needs the basketball in his hands all the time. So mm-hmm. when he's on the floor, it's nuts to try to have anybody else out there that needs to be holding the basketball. So now they've got, you know, front court guys that can run pick and roll, pick and pop, that type of stuff. You've got floor spacers and Alan Crabb. You've got a bench unit run by a point forward. So you have someone that can handle the ball when Young is not on the floor. And then you've got the sort of like the go get a bucket guy in Jabari Parker. I don't know that he's a plus or a minus on this team. I mean, it seemed like they were okay with scoring points last year. Uh, but he does provide something that they didn't have last season. It's not something that really goes into my handicapping on this team, though. I just, I mean, I think you and I agree they both got they got better uh, overall. I like the moves they made with the exception of not being able to retain Dwayne Dedman. Because right now the only two official centers on the roster are Alex Len and Damian Jones. So it's going to be a power forward playing center. It's probably going to be Collins but he should be playing power forward because, uh, I mean, to me, that's just more the way he moves. You know, he's, he's athletic. He's rangy. He, uh, he, he's not I, – I don't, I don't like – he's not a banger. Uh, mm-hmm. And I think you got to have – briefly, you got to have a banger in there uh, just to absorb some of that contact. So I, I don't know that I like that lineup, but I do like this team to get better, and, and maybe, we're, maybe we're beating a dead horse a little bit with the Hawks, but – uh, the conclusion, I hereby stamp too close to call. But we will, of course, stick on our numbers at the end of the year. And uh, when Neil beats me on this one, he can he can rub it in my face. Uh, next one on the docket, the Boston Celtics. The number I have is 48 and a half. Is that what you're working with as well? It is. All right. Uh, Boston Celtics. Let me tee this one up for you. Uh, well, this is a loaded one, to be sure. Boston, uh, last year, coming off a season of 49 wins. Season win total, again, of 48 and a half. So they dropped that down by uh, one half underneath their number from last year. No Kyrie Irving. No Al Horford. No Terry Rozier. No Aaron Baines. No Marcus Morris. Added Kemba Walker. Added Ennis Cantor. And that's about it. <laughs> yeah. Um, added a chip on their shoulder. That's true. I did give them motivation numbers. I did like their motivation this year. I turn um, this one over to you. Pythagorean, Pythagorean wins. Um, do you want to take a guess at this one? At their, at their, what their um, adjusted win number should have been? Yeah, last year. Ooh. Um,. I'm going to say it should have been higher. It should have been 51. 54. Whoa. That is that blows my mind. Uh, these, yeah. I was wow. shocked too. That is a shocking number. What's they, even more shocking though is even with that, I'm going with the under. Ooh, I am not. You and I are on separate pages. With oh, this I got him at 46 wins. Uh, I am at 50 this year uh and it's largely the motivation factor for me you know how much i stock i put in that sometimes too much um, yeah but i i like gordon hayward coming back a little bit um i think kemba walker really isn't that big of a downgrade from kyrie irving that is so this is basically just like a, how much does al horford what does he count for on this team uh and i think a lot but some of that is going to be made up with you know having a guy like a marcus smart just pissed every <laughs> every damn night they're gonna they're gonna ruin bad teams and i think you're gonna see the celtics get out to a quick start like they did two seasons back where they were just playing 
needlessly hard during the regular season uh, because they're going to get stomped in the playoffs. And so the regular season kind of becomes their proving ground. So I went over on this one. Yeah, I could see that. I, I mean, I really went under because of the roster change. Mostly, like you said, I don't think Kemba Kemba might be, I wouldn't say a better fit, but he, I don't think he's a downgrade at all. Yeah, uh, Kyrie in terms of fit, and then um, it's really the Horford that makes that scares me. Um, losing him, I don't know how much of an impact he really has, but I, I put it pretty heavy, and so that's why I ended up with the under. Um, it's significant. It, I, I mean, there's no, there's no doubting that he's an outstanding basketball player who's just right place, right time, always doing the smart thing. It's part of actually why I'm so bullish on Philadelphia, but we're not getting there. On yeah. 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 Um, what I was going to say is though, yeah, I, this one is tough because when I did the number, I was like, I almost wanted to change it. You ever like do that? You do like numbers. You're like, that's wrong. I'll just put in something else. <laughs> um, <laughs> like, yeah, you, I you, did. You, you do all the math and you're like, this is what, I'm putting this value here. I'm putting this value here. And I'm like 46, really? Anyway, uh, that's what I came up with. So I'm just kind of staying with it because they're really the Horford loss. I actually, you know, they're going to, I mean, not just Horford, Morris. I know they can replace them on the court, but he was a good veteran presence as well. These younger guys, Jalen Brown's going to have to have a much more significant role. Hayward is going to have to be healthy, which is probably is more likely than not the case, but I'm still not 100% sold yet. Um, and we'll see how they all fit together. It might take a few, a little while to fit together too. So. Yeah, there's a little bit of that. I'm just looking at the East. I'm looking up and down the East. New York, Cleveland, Chicago, Atlanta, Washington, uh, Charlotte, Ugh. Uh, the Pistons, who I still don't think are very good. I think the Nets are not going to be that great without KD this year. Uh, Boston's going to chew up these undisciplined teams. This, this like you're, I think you're going to see more of a Brad Stevens team this year. Uh, because I don't think he did that great of a job coaching last season. He lost that locker room last year, and I, you know, they're going to try to blame it all on Kyrie. But you know, that's uh, scapegoating the guy who leaves is a very easy way to to slough something off. But they're going to be so mean this coming season. <laughs> I and, and and this is a Laker fan saying it too. I think they're going to have a really good regular season, and then I think they're going to poop themselves in the playoff. I think there there's a, there's a chance they get wiped out in the first round by like, you know, if they end up having to play like in Indiana in the first round again or some other weirdo middling team because they just don't. To me, they don't have the firepower come playoff time. But I mean, like Kemba Walker is. He was everything for Charlotte. Charlotte Hornets won 39 games last year with Kemba Walker and a bunch of twigs taped together. Like, they were they were cardboard cutouts that were standing next to him on the basketball court, and they won 39 games. They To me, the rest of the Celtics are worth more than, like, seven. <laughs> no, no, they are, but it's just you don't, never know how things are going to fit. And um, I'm sure Steve, Stevens is a very good coach, one of the best in the league still, and I'm sure we'll figure it out. I just... Uh, you almost just, convinced me. It's, to a, lot, it's a lot of turnover, and it's it's a lot of turnover at I think guys that do a lot more than their stat sets say they do, and guys have to step up that haven't done it before or not recently. So, so let me ask you why. a question uh, yeah. on on perception with this team because this is where I yeah. often this is where I'm often um, off the mark mm-hmm. because we we're in this NBA bubble of people that talk and think about NBA way too much. What is the world saying about Boston right now? What is the non, you know, NBA Celtics <laughs> subreddit saying about Boston? Are they saying that the Celtics stink or are they saying that the Celtics are really good? I have no feel for what like what is ESPN saying about the Celtics? I would assume they're saying, well, they lost Kyrie and they lost Horford, but I honestly don't know. I have no idea what's being said about this team. Yeah, I don't. Even, I'm sorry. I'm not the guy to ask yeah. about that. We're, I would have to say they're definitely not the buzz team for sure anymore. The East, right? They were last year. Uh, weren't they, they the buzz were. the team? Yeah, they were the, cash they were a the nice buzz. under on that one. Feel good about What's, that. <laughs> that was, that yeah, was a nice yeah, under yeah. last year. They were the team. They were the it team last year in the East. Uh, a lot of people thought they might actually challenge Golden State for the championship. Now I think they're kind of an afterthought. In the East, <laughs> Can so. you believe that? That yeah, was a, no. That was a I wet fart. Man. That was a wet fart of a prediction last year. <laughs> <laughs> Woof. Uh, I love fading it teams, and I love backing teams that feel slighted. But I don't even know. I'm yeah. I'm, that's I, the thing. I, when I saw this, I, I that's why I didn't like it. I thought for sure I would be over on them. 
but I don't know how this ended up mm. that way. Yeah, you're going to have to fudge your numbers over there. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, yeah. Here's an it, team. The Brooklyn Nets, 45 and a half. Brooklyn won 42 games last year. They went 42 and 40, finished in the sixth seed, led by D'Angelo Russell, sometimes Karis LeVert, sometimes Spencer Dinwiddie, sometimes mm-hmm. Jared Allen, sometimes the great Jared Dudley. <laughs> Had to sneak that one in there. Uh, you want to talk about a new-look team, your Brooklyn Nets, there there aren't too many holdovers. Uh, as I just mentioned a moment ago, their number is 45 and a half, Neil. Kevin Durant likely out for the entire season. You know, they're throwing these little, you know, curveballs. Oh, well, if he's ready to play, he'll play. Let's not be stupid. Oh, God. That's yeah. stupid. That's stupid. They're not winning the <laughs> title this year. Don't risk Kevin Durant again. I mean, we just saw this with the Warriors, his ankle or his... Achilles wasn't right, and then he blew the thing out. He's not playing this year. Stop it. All right, okay. What do you got? What was their What was their adjusted number? Uh, forty-one. I was going to say I think it was lower, if I, but not by much. Oh apparently. wow, you, that's really good to have all those three correct. I have, this is my third under in a row. I got him at forty-three wins. Yeah, I'm with you on this one. We're in agreement on this, and I feel pretty good that's, about it too. Yeah, just because. Um, People are assuming with Kyrie, it's always going to jump. They're going to jump up from forty-two to forty-five and a half. I, with all the turnover, and then Kyrie, I don't know how he's going to fit in right away with that team. Obviously, he's not the consummate teammate, but I don't. I'm not bashing him. I'm just saying that on the court, he's more of a selfish player. I have them just getting like two more wins. Yeah, so. I'm. A, I'm with you on this one. I'm. I'm fairly confident in that under as well. I had him around forty-two. Uh, almost like a, a wash in terms of the year goes because I, I think Kyrie's going to take the sting out of guys like Spencer Dinwiddie and Karis LeVert. Uh, one of my favorite guys on this team is Joe Harris because he's just going to be good no matter who you put him around. But uh, D'Angelo Russell was sort of the face of that team. You guys know that I'm not a massive D'Lo fan, but I do think that's going to be a little bit weird because he was the guy that they kind of learned how to play around. I feel like DeAndre Jordan was... Uh, superfluous they have Jared Allen I know they want the rebounding center and Jared Allen's not a big rebounding type so where the hell like how does this all mesh together they gave DeAndre four years with this group I I don't you know obviously once they get Kevin Durant back they're going to be a a monster because well depending on how healthy he is I guess but you could argue he's the best scorer in the NBA before he got hurt that I mean that's a massive deal uh the the D'Angelo to Kyrie upgrade is something, but not huge. Um, obviously, much better efficiency, but Russell's probably a better passer than Irving. Um, so I, I I don't I don't really like the fit without Kevin Durant. I think they're going to have some problems, and unless Kyrie just has a whopper of a season from front end to back end in a season where they know they're not winning the title. Like, is he really going to push himself? Is he going to play more than 65 games? I doubt it. Yeah, that's the other factor. They know going in, this is not their year, right? So, mm-hmm. I mean, the other players are going to play hard, obviously. I think all the young players will try. But I think if Kyrie is not giving 100%, it's going to affect the entire team's sort of like mojo. So, Yeah, I'm with you on that one. We agree. That's nice. Yeah, yeah. All right, well, uh, let's just agree to agree, and we'll go to the next one. <laughs> Charlotte, uh, I have them at 23 and a half. Are you looking at the same number as I am as well? I am. They won 39 games last year. This is a weird one. They've dropped from 39 to now they have the lowest mark on the board at 23 and a half. Obviously, the loss of Kemba Walker is the big story of the offseason. They signed Terry Rozier for almost $20 million a year, and they still have all these other garbage contracts on their roster. This is a weird one, man. Neil, you know how I usually go. I almost always fade the storyline with Kemba leaving town. It's hard to picture this team winning more than 15 games, but I know know they're going to have to because... You can just close your eyes and win 15 games in the NBA. Anyway, I'll let you go first on this one as well. Uh, 23 and a half is the number for Charlotte. What do you got? I've got 23. So it's right on the mark. (laughs) Yeah. And this is one where I went back and forth on because I had 23 or 24. And I looked at the number and I'm like, 
<laughs> oh, you got to make me bust out the sensor button. Oh, my God. I'm so sorry. What a I time. Totally... No, let me go get it. Let me get that bad boy queued up. Okay, we're ready to go. What time did that happen? I got to timestamp this son of a gun. This is a monumental day in fantasy NBA. <laughs> All right, continue. I'm ready to go. I got the button. No one's going to hear right. it. Nobody even knows what word you said. Could have been anything. All right. Um, I like to fade the story, too. You know, like when the hype is there, you you bet the under. When the everyone thinks they're terrible, you bet the over. Um, but this might actually be true. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, this team they they lost. I think they lost Lamb as well, who I think is a pretty good player. They did, you're um, right. And they don't really have that many much talent there. I don't know where their motivation comes from. They're just gonna. They're not gonna be sold out every night there in Charlotte. I don't know what this is going to be dead, I think. There's going to be a um, lot of Lakers fans at that game. <laughs> There's going to be just... <laughs> I, yeah, I... This one's really tough, but what? I think if I had to bet... I'm not going to bet this at all, but I, I, I'd probably lean under. Yeah, and this one I'm not touching. I actually came out to 24, so uh, unfortunately that does separate the two of us, but I, I'm by no means married to that final number. Look, yeah. From... W- what is... I don't I can't wrap my head around what this team did this offseason. They refused to give the best player uh that they've had since the re the rebranding here, and obviously they left and came back. So don't don't give me the Alonzo Morning grandmama stuff. Uh <laughs> Kemba Kemba Walker was their everything and they let him walk and then just went out and spent sixty million dollars on a Celtics backup point guard a pillar of inefficiency who has not been tested as a go-to guy at all. I don't, are you trying to, to lose? Like what is, what are you doing Charlotte? This is your opportunity to go into full rebuild. And they were like, nah, screw it. Let's tie up 20 mil for three straight years on a guy. We know nothing about. I I don't, I don't get it at all. Don't they want to just ride out the Bismacks and the Nick Batums and try to hit a re hit reset. What are they doing? Yeah, that that's that's really it. I mean, when a team is going to be bad, you think they're going to be really bad, and you think then the players will be motivated to play, but they're kind of stuck in no man's land. And Terry Rozier was awful last year. Like I don't, and he doesn't think he is. So I don't know how <laughs> this is going to fit. I mean, I think he thinks he's a he's in he's a starter in the NBA, which he will be, but not on a good team. Unfortunately, not yet in his career. So I just think it's going to be. It's just dysfunction all around, which is why I have no confidence in this organization, which is why I ultimately went with 23. I, I, this is one of those ones where, like you said, I got a number that came out as a half win over the line, but I, I mean, there's just no way that I'm betting an over on this god-awful situation. There's no chance at all. Uh, by the way, Nick Batum, uh, he's getting paid $26 million this year as a player option for 27 the year after that. Cody Zeller's making $30 million over the next two seasons. Um, Bismack's contract is expiring this year. So they could actually, Marvin Williams obviously opting into his $15 million deal. Their salary situation comes down by $50 million, $50 million between the end of this coming season and the start of the next one. This was an opportunity for them to totally wipe the slate and they dumped $60 million into Terry Rozier. I don't get it. I don't, I don't get either. it. And none of those players that you mentioned have uh, – they're not playing for contracts. So. No. Oh, by the way, Michael Kidd-Gilchrist, his $13 million deal is expiring this season as well. So, I mean, you're going to see this team ship off veterans at the All-Star break or before. Someone's going to go want stretch Marvin, old man Marv. He'll be a great fit on some team. Uh, I don't know about Michael Kidd-Gilchrist. He might not He might not be a great fit on a team. And I don't know about Bismack either. I mean, some contender will probably go pay him to rebound for eight minutes a night. Uh, and then you've got these young guys that they could start to pile up. P.J. Washington, Malik Monk, Miles Bridges, Dwayne Bacon, uh, Devontae Graham, if you want to throw them into this mix. There's some interesting youngsters and twenty million and the $20 million man. It's just, it's so, it's such a head-scratcher. So this one is, like, basically a hard pass for me. I think, uh, I mean, you, you almost have to go under because they're going to try to lose for some number. It might be a pre-tank. We might see the rest of their veterans right at the beginning of the year. Right. You might see Batum get shut down at the All-Star break. You're probably going to see Marvin, as I just said, traded. There's just no way 
that they try to win 24 times during the year, even though my number says 24. There's no way I'm betting the over on this team. Yeah, so, it's really hard to, to factor that lack of motivation. I will join and, you. And the, and the team's um, desire to just grab assets. So <laughs> You started that by saying grab ass. No, yes. did I? I said scrap assets. Oh, I thought you said grab assets. <laughs> no, scrap. <laughs> Which is a really fun way to say it. Just playing a little game of grab assets. Uh, <laughs> Chicago and Cleveland are our last two on the docket. The Bulls, 30 and a half. Neil, you and I were both bamboozled by Chicago last year. <laughs> Uh, fool me once, shame on you. Fool me twice, shame on me. What are we doing on this one? You know, I live here in the Windy City, so uh, I have bull-colored glasses on. So it's really hard for me to get past that. Um, yeah, I came up with, uh, gosh, you know their protecting winger wins were 18 last year? Oh, um, good Lord. <laughs> yeah, I still came up with 32 for this year. Yeah, I'm with you. Actually, I, this is. A, uh, I know. I just they just have a good young core who's going to play really hard. I loved their offseason moves, which is super weird to say about a Chicago franchise that has made a lot of goofy moves. Um, yeah, I love but, the midseason moves too. Yes. The fact that they got yeah. Otto Porter midway through last year that was a great pull for Jabari Parker and Bobby Portis. Yeah, no kidding. That was fantastic. That scrappy uh, stuff. They got Otto Porter. He's great. He was just getting overshadowed by Chuckers in Washington. Uh, Larry Markinen. I know Wendell Carter Jr. is hurt, but Wendell Carter Jr. Uh, they realize Chris Dunn is not the fit. I mean, they figure these things out faster than a lot of teams do. Uh, Thomas Sadoransky, Thad Young, really nice ads. This is a team yep. that's trying to win now. Right, right. Good, good, uh, good players. Like you said, they brought in that. Um, can help them more white win win uh, this year and at least try very hard this year. Um, I hate their coach, but that's not going to stop them. I don't think from getting yeah, there. It's just going to be injury. It's going to be injuries. Hey, how about this fun fact? Um, oh no! Side note on fantasy: Lori Marketing, number twenty five in ESPN eight cat roto. Right? Oof, twenty five. He does have a sweet fantasy game. Yeah, that's pretty high. Anyway, that is, that um, is pretty high. <laughs> that's pretty darn high. Uh, <laughs> Oh, yeah, I, I just I just think they are gonna. I think their roster is gonna be. They were they were just snake bent last year with injuries. I mean, if that happens again, it's gonna be trouble. But I think they're starting to play well together. And like you said, they brought in three really three really good veterans that know how to complement other teammates and play well together. So yeah, I'm they're gonna fun. try. They want to win games. I think they. I think I think Chicago wants to make the playoffs. I don't know if they're gonna. But I think mm-hmm. they want to this year. They feel like they have, like they've assembled enough bodies to to feel like they don't need to be in tank mode anymore. It would to me it would it would be very surprising if they threw this season the way that they have the last couple. They they've got their young guys. It's time, and I think the moves they. I mean, bringing in Thad Young. This is a guy that didn't really need to go to a clunker team, right? Like he could have right. gone back to Indy. He could have joined another. He is very good defensively you might not love his offensive game and it's fine it's limited but defensively he's excellent and Sato Sadoransky I mean this is a guy that basically learned how to play off ball exclusively so that allows Zach Zach Levine to be in the driver's seat from the guard position Larry Markinen up in the big men spots uh I, I like the fits I think they found better fits on this Chris Dunn was a terrible fit by the way with this with this team so that Addition by subtraction there as well. We agree to agree, so not going to flog this one too long. Cleveland, 25 and a half is the number I've got on this ball club. You seeing the same one as well? I am. Um, I'm going under 24. The Cleveland Cavaliers. I don't know about this one, though. I feel bad because I don't know what's going to happen with Kevin Love. Um, You think he sticks around? Yeah, I think he's. I, I uh, man, you think I really, he's stuck there. I really thought Portland was going to make a move for him. I know that's still floating around. Um, that's the only place I could see him going, though, is Portland, because uh, their their salary cap situation is already a mess. So they could just, you know, they could find some unfortunate contracts to send back out, and they'd have to send presumably future assets as well. And it gets Kevin Love out from under that thing. I, I just I mean, Cleveland is so far away from being truly competitive. But Kevin Love sat out yeah. all more, like more than half of last year. So I think he wants to play no matter where he is. And that's a lot to try to balance 
They only won 19 games last season, but they did it basically without their only real threat on the floor. So I have them over by about a half to one win. But it's mm-hmm. but very I mean it's very similar to the Charlotte situation where it's really close. This is a two uh, out of ten on my <laughs> confidence scale, so that's not two out of three. It's two out of ten. Uh, I think if Kevin Love plays sixty five games with the Cavs this year, they go over. But I have, I really don't know if if he makes it to that. I mean, obviously, if he gets traded early in the season, that an over on this team is cooked right out of the shoot. So it's a really dangerous bet to make. Yeah, I also have their uh, wins last year at sixteen. From the mathematical mathematical perspective, it's so, almost impossible to win that number of games. I understand, but that, I, I just I'm a numbers the guy. Knicks so, won 17, Neil. The I, Knicks I, won that's 17. That's all I'm saying. I'm just going with that. They won 16 according to my numbers. Anyway, <laughs> <laughs> they might have won 16. I believe that. No, so that that's why I ended up with 24. I do think they get better. I think Kevin Love is going to play hard. I think he's a very good player. I think their young players are going to play hard. And in the East, you know, it's hard not to win mid-20s, but um, I have them just under. So, Yeah, that's an ugly one. I, I mean, I don't, I don't know that we want to spend uh, too much time on this Cleveland no, one. No, it's people... another no bet. I don't think you Yeah, this it's one. a no bet. You're not actually making this one. Unfortunately, like, look, you and I are going to have fun, and we're going to put out all 30 because it's part of this fun exercise we're doing, but that's what the confidence numbers are for. If something says, like, 1 out of 10 or 0 out of 10 or <laughs> even 2, you're probably not going to go... If you were actually going to go big bets on it, this is the one where you'd be like, I'm going to put a $1.10 to win a dollar. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Take exactly. that, Vegas. You can keep my my uh, my dime, <laughs> my actual tiny 10-cent dime. Not like an actual, you know, the big dime, like actually 10 cents. Uh, and that actually is our six. Yeah. yeah that's our six teams for the uh, day. So, yeah, I'd have to bet uh, Chicago if I had to bet one of these six, just to throw that out there. So. Yeah, Chicago and... Um, Man, actually, this is a really interesting grab bag of like three that I have zero confidence in and three that I have decent to a lot in where mm. um, I feel okay about the Boston over. We disagree on that one. And then you and I both like the Brooklyn under and the Chicago over. So there are actually a couple that I think we were relatively confident in. Yeah, if I had to pick one, it would have been Chicago. But yeah, so Brooklyn would be a second one, uh, the yeah. under. So those, <laughs> those two, I agree with you. Next week, we're not done with the podcast, by the way. We still have Fantasy 101. But next week on our season win totals, it'll be Dallas, Denver, Detroit, Golden State, Houston, and Indiana. D through I. A magical time in the NBA. D through I. All right, Fantasy 101, lesson number two. Big thank you again, by the way, to Hawaiian Isles Kona Coffee for getting us through uh, season win total portion number one. Early drafts, uh, early rounds of a draft. This might not be the most interesting discussion because I think you and I see fairly eye-to-eye on this one, although I think you're a tiny bit more of a gambler than I am with the first three rounds. You know my take, Neil. I am hyper-conservative the first three rounds of a fantasy draft. Um, But some of it has to do with the level of your competition in your league, right? Yeah, but no, this is going to be a boring conversation because I am I am big on don't lose in the first three rounds. So yeah, exactly. I don't, that's a good that's really it because, you know, it's it's not about taking risks in the first three rounds. It's about taking the safe players that you can trust. And usually someone by the third – by the third round is usually someone who's pretty safe still because people are reaching. So – I don't do anything interesting in the first three rounds. God, you made a lot of really good points in there. Actually, let me let me isolate them again because I, I, <laughs> no, I, there were there were a couple <laughs> things you said that that I thought we should highlight here for this lesson, uh, fantasy one hundred and one lesson number two, early rounds of fantasy drafts. Uh, number one, you said you can lose your league in the first three rounds, but you can't win it. Um, and so that's that to me is a really key point that I think people should glom onto unless you're in a hyper competitive gigantor league where you where you actually could potentially win it. So you know, we're talking about like 20 plus teams at this point cuz there maybe you make a maybe you've got like pick 17, you got to swing for the fences a little bit cuz you're just cooked. Five teams in your league are going to have these guys that are putting up video game numbers and then nobody else has any access to anything close to that. Uh and you're, you're getting like a mid-second round pick at the end of the first round. So let's wipe out big leagues. That's not what we're talking about here. We're talking about 12-team leagues, basically. Uh, yeah, you can't really win your league with your first, second, or third round pick. You can be... It can make your team good or very good, 
but there's still too many things that can go wrong. But you can lose your league if you draft. I mean, there's a lot of examples of this just from this most recent season. Mm-hmm. If you drafted John Wall in the second round, you probably didn't win your league. There's probably a, there's probably some examples of somebody that figured out a way, but that's almost an immediate death blow. Yeah, but that one's the, I don't like that example because he was hurt, right? I'm yeah, not but talking he probably about also guy. shouldn't. Okay, that's fine. But he also probably shouldn't have been a second. Yeah, player. yeah, no, I understand what you're saying. All right, Ben I mean, Simmons. I mean, if you example? would have reached for like, let's say, um, Ben Simmons. Gosh. Ben Simmons oh, has got to be the example. Yes, yes. Or uh, who else might have been a hot name? Donovan Mitchell in the first three rounds. Or Oladipo or, the previous year when he was with or Oklahoma Oladipo, City. even him, yeah. I mean, obviously he got hurt, but before he was hurt, he was like in the 40s, I believe. So, If you look at Depot, actually, two of the last three years, because yes. this season he was hurt, but he was underachieving even before that, and then three years or two and a half, whatever you want to call it, with Oklahoma City, he was a massive yeah. underachiever. I had a Depot on his, <laughs> on his Oklahoma City year, and that team did not win. There was almost nothing I could do. I, I The rest of my team was pretty good, and it didn't matter because I just didn't have a second-round pick effectively. That's a really hard way to win your league. Uh, and I didn't think that – I mean, I didn't think it was that crazy of a pick either. It seemed like he was going to be a great fit. But the, let, me, let me build on that and ask you a question, a follow-up, Neil. Do you have to retool a little bit this year – because of player movement, there just aren't as many safe bets in the first 36 players. Yeah, maybe a little bit, but some guys you kind of know are going to be safe. Like, not safe, but you know their game's not going to change much. Um, let's just let's not, just peel maybe not, them. maybe not the best example since this is not a guy I ever am going to draft. But uh, Westbrook, his numbers won't be terribly different, I don't think. Yeah, but I mean, he's always going to get overdrafted, right? You're not going to be able to yeah, get yeah, him at 30. Yeah, exactly. He finished yeah. at 30 last year, but there's no way he falls to 30. Oh, no. No, he's too no. big of a name. All right, let me yeah. let, let's lightning round this thing. Okay. Um, I'm going to list the, the we're going to do the top 30 players rapid fire. We're just going to both say you go first, I'll go second on all of them. Uh, whether or not they're safe or not safe. James Harden. Safe. Safe. Anthony Davis. Safe. Safe. Paul George. Uh, I don't know coming in the season. That's why I'm not safe. Yeah, but once, not, he, well, once he's playing, he's safe. Right. We don't know how much time those shoulders might cost him. Steph Curry. Safe. Very safe. Uh, I'm, not, <laughs> I'm not worried about him at all. Uh, Giannis. That's an easy one. Yeah. Cat. Uh-huh. That's an easy one. Yep. Uh, Kawhi Leonard. Safe. Really? Even with the low game total? Yeah. Yeah, I think so. I'm going to say not safe. I, unless you can get him uh, in the later part of the second round. Which you won't. Yeah, well, this is where I, this is where Rodon and head to head really diverge, right? Very true. Yeah, because head to head, this is where I'd make the mistake and draft Kawhi in a head to head. And I'd be like, why did I draft him? Because I'm always <laughs> thinking rotisserie whenever I draft. So, yeah. Yeah, I, I would be afraid even on the Roto side because he was number, really? yeah, he okay. was he was number seven by average last year, but he was in the late teens by totals because he only played 60 games. And that's probably the, the target again this year is, you know, 60 to 64. Um, to me, his ceiling is number 15 or 16, just because of missed games. And okay. I don't know if he falls. I you, I thought, yeah, I guess you're right about totals. I'm thinking stat set, but you're right. Totals, it'll probably be worse than averages oh, for well, sure. Well, stat set is delicioso. Uh, Joel, it's, it's jo- safe. That's what I'm saying. It's yeah, the stat, the stat set, set is safe. Is safe. <laughs> Joel Embiid. Safe. I'm going to say unsafe because even the, even last really? year, uh, we've all been like, hey, he was mostly healthy. And then you look at the numbers like, <laughs> oh, wait, he played 64 games last year. He, I don't think his knees can make it through a regular season. And I think you're going to I think we're playing different games here. I'm sorry to interrupt. But uh, <laughs> I was really thinking we're talking about stat set on new teams. And we're talking about just like player. Yeah, just like would name. you take this guy where he's generally going oh, in a fantasy I see draft? What you're saying. Effectively. Okay. Do sorry, you want to change? Slow, very slow. I got this orange head and I can't. <laughs> Big, yeah, orange, <laughs> orange head, Neil. Uh, do you want to change any of your earlier answers? Uh, no, that's fine. Okay. Uh, yeah. Kyrie Irving. I'm going to say unsafe. Oh, I'll go safe. I don't like the injury stuff again. Nick Vucevic, he ended up at number 11, by the way, last year. Uh, well, I mean, I don't like him at 11, but I think he's... No. no. So I'd say, does that mean unsafe? I don't know. This is a I like him. Yeah, because I like him too. If, I mean, if, assuming he falls a little bit, we'll say safe. Uh, yeah. Dame, Dame, this is an easy one. Yes. Uh, Nikola Jokic, also an easy one. Yeah. Uh, Bradley Beal. I'd say unsafe. I'm going to say safe. 
I don't think he wants to be there. No, but I think as long as he's there, he's going to be, he could be a first round guy. Yes. That's that's why I'm saying unsafe because I don't think he's going to stay. Yeah. I I think he, I think you could probably get him in the second round. uh, Jimmy Butler. Safe. Yeah, I'm going to go safe on this one. I think he plays more than 65 games this year. Uh, Rudy Gobert. Safe. Safe. Andre Drummond. Safe, I guess. Yeah. I don't. I never pick him up because of the percentages. Yeah, that's fine. You don't have to like the stats. That I don't either, but he is safe. Yeah. Basically, you yeah. know what you're going to get. Uh, Rob Covington, by the way, was number 18 on a per-game basis last year. Um, I'm going to jump I'll... over him because it's not really what we're talking about. He's not going to get drafted in the second <laughs> round, so there's no point there. Uh, Clint Capella. Uh, I'm going to say safe. Yeah, I guess so. Here's the, yeah. the safe. This one, there's no, if you disagree with me on this one, I'm just going to stop recording the podcast. And I don't care that he's on a new team. Kemba Walker. Oh, safe. Yeah. <laughs> um, Drew Holiday. Safe. I'm very worried about a shutdown late in the year, but you can't draft like that, so I'll say safe. Um, uh-huh. Chris Paul. This oh, is, I, I'd say unsafe. How, ooh, how interesting is Chris Paul this year? He is so... Now, this is a guy maybe I would risk in round three. Yeah, I would too. <laughs> if he was there. Let's get silly. Because, uh. <laughs> look, look, like the worst case scenario for Chris Paul is he gets shut down after like 55 or 60 games, which is exactly what happened last year in Houston, just in a different order. So, yeah. Assume that as a worst-case scenario, um, but putting up eye-popping numbers with Oklahoma City, he's going to go bananas with that team when he's on he's the floor. Gonna, he, he's going to be their alpha and omega. Yeah, it's going to be ridiculous. It's going to be weird. I think they're going to be pretty good, actually, with Chris Paul doing his stuff, but he's got to stay He's going to be like the Kemba Walker of yeah. Uh, OKC. Yeah, yeah, they're going to 39 games, and it's going to be Chris Paul and a bunch of stick figures. Uh, LeBron James, he ended up, by the way, at number 24 last year with that god-awful free throw number. Yeah, I mean, at 24, I would take him in a heartbeat. Right, yeah, that's a safe play there, but you know, let's assume he goes in the second round. Is he safe there or no? No, his percentage, his free throw percentage really scares yeah. me. LaMarcus Aldridge, he went. He ended at number 25. I'm assuming he falls farther than that this year. Yeah, I played 82 games last year. I'm, I'm going to say safe, though. Yeah, safe. Miles Turner. Safe. Safe. Mike Conley, new team. Oh, I love him this year. Safe. Um, I'm on the fence. I'm undecided on Conley. It's a weird, it's a weird new setup with him having a ball-dominant guard next to him. He hasn't had that in a while. Um, I'm going to say unsafe i don't want him until the fourth or fifth round and i don't think he's fallen that far i'm not mm. gonna we're not gonna talk gallinari i know he finished at 28 but he's not a guy that's gonna be drafted in there um i'm gonna jump straight to russell westbrook depends where yeah. he goes the answer to this one is depends where he goes there's there's no we can't yeah. uh, we can't answer this question uh definitively if you guys by the way anybody listening has any additional names you'd like to know just throw them at us on twitter again uh, at Dan Vespers, at Ball with Neil. This is what we're talking about, though. The reason we went through this talking about safe and unsafe is you just you hear the word unsafe. I would say from either of us on any particular guy, just wipe him off your list. It's not. There's no reason to spend your first or second round pick on a guy that may or may not pan out because you're looking at it like. And this is why I felt this way about Joel Embiid. He's probably going to get drafted towards the tail end of the first round this coming year, and if he only plays 64 games. That's soul-crushing. His stat set's fantastic, but you, you got to try to grab a guy that you feel confident is going to be out on the floor for 70 games or more, obviously more if you that would be a best-case scenario, and then kind of same deal in the second round, a little bit less so in the third. You can start to take a little bit of a chance there, not much. Like we said, Chris Paul is kind of the one we'd, we'd consider. So the reason we had this exercise, and I want to try to wrap up the podcast here in the next couple of minutes uh, because we are droning on a long time, is what Neil said, which was key point number one. If you miss, what if you picked Embiid and he plays 55 games? Your first-round pick plays 55 games. You're killed. You're done. But you can take Kemba Walker at 21, and if he ends up at 26, but he plays 79 games, that's a win. He holds your team. You're good. You don't have to worry about anything. Good point number one. Neil, we've, we're so far removed from the good points you made. I don't, <laughs> I don't remember what the second one was, but it was also really good. 
Thank you. You're I have welcome. no idea what I said. Yeah. It, uh, damn it. Yeah. I, I, I'm going to have to go back and listen to it, and I'll try to remember to tweet what the second one was. Because uh, <laughs> you said two good things about why to go a certain direction at the beginning of drafts. And uh, you guys heard it. I heard it. And now I've forgotten it um, because we got sidetracked by safe and unsafe. A very, a really complicated game. A lot of 17 and 18 year olds play in high school called safe or unsafe. <laughs> can, I, can I throw in a little curveball before we wrap up? Yeah. Spin one off. Okay. Yeah, so we were hoping these guys play 75-plus games. Do you think that, that baseline changes with this load management thing? Uh, nah. Some guys go and some guys don't. Yeah. Like, Cat goes. They're not going to stop him. James Harden goes. We've seen it at this point. Dan Tony can't stop him. Yeah, yeah, you're right. Dan I was just like, wondering if, if you bring it down a couple games to what your expectations are. Well, the league average certainly has slowly petered off (laughs) yeah though they lengthen the season by seemingly an extra week every year it doesn't make any difference um no i mean there are just some guys that want to go and some guys that don't i like i think anthony davis plays probably 75 games this year i don't don't think he misses very many like he's he's gonna say no to load management um even if it would be in his best interest plus you know once he gets the uh bathroom trips mid-game figured out (laughs) And everything will be fine. What, what do we have to worry about? Uh, okay, so so he, let, let's expand upon the Chris Paul thing just a tiny bit as a last point um, before we wrap this up, is why this is the one guy we might consider not going safe for in these early rounds. Um, just a final thought on why. You know, Neil was saying you, you, can, you can lose it, but you can't win it in the first three rounds. The, the long-form version of that is... There's so many more rounds after this when you can take some chances and really try to get over the hump in your league. There's no reason to do it early. You build that nice foundation and basically guarantee yourself like a four seed, and then you do your winning later on. Your your clever picks in drafts, your clever pickups, that type of stuff. That's where you get over that hump. Why is Chris Paul, Neil, looping back around, why is he the guy, and I mean, I know the answer to this question, but why is he the guy that you and I both were like, if I'm going to risk it for anybody, it's this 35-year-old fart. Yeah, because, well, he, he is going to be everything in OKC, and, and we know his stat set is amazing when he's playing, and he's a first-round talent still, yep. possibly. And um, he's a competitor who's going to want to play and win. So it's just a matter of injury risk. So You said it, really, man. You know, yeah. my, you know my buzzword for that, portfolio. He's got the portfolio. Yeah. I mean, you don't have to go back very far to see Chris Paul as like the number six ranked guy in fantasy. What is it? Two years ago? Yeah, two years ago yeah. he was number eight in fantasy basketball. He played. He played for the Clippers then. You may remember this time. It was not that long ago. Uh, he averaged eighteen five and nine, two threes, two steals, almost forty eight percent from the field and eighty nine percent of the foul line. 2.4 turnovers per game from a point guard. He had an assist-to-turnover ratio of 4-1, to one, leading that Clippers team uh, with, again, over 9 assists per ball game. And it could be higher than that on this Oklahoma City team because uh, they have Dennis Schroeder, Steven Adams, and uh, <laughs> Danilo Gallinari. So, uh, portfolio. Like, he played 61 games that year. He was the number eight ranked guy on a per game basis. And despite playing 21, he missed 21 games. He was still a very early third round value on the year. That's missing 21 games. So that's a pretty effing spectacular floor you're looking at for Chris Paul. So Neil said it. I will take credit for it as (laughs) as portfolio right there. Um, that's about it. We got six more teams coming up next Tuesday. I, hey, I, I don't know if you can hang around, but I remember my second point now. If you want to oh, bring it up. Oh, yes, please. <laughs> For God's sake, remind me. Uh, I think other players end up reaching, so yes! safe players will fall to you. Yes. How did you remember that, you brilliant son of a gun? <laughs> do you oh. want to give me uh, – do you want to elaborate on my brilliance there? Yes, I will elaborate <laughs> on Neil's brilliance. It's shimmering, a shimmering beacon on a hill, the likes of which we've never seen. Uh, he's so, so right because it makes drafting safe super easy because other people in your league are going to snap up these weirdos way too early. You're going to see somebody do something crazy 
And I don't even have the, a good example of it for this coming season because there's been so much damn player movement. But, like, you're going to see somebody that should have gone in the fourth round go in the second round, and that's just going to leave these really easy second and third round guys for you to pick up. Absolutely. Well yeah. said, Neil. Well said. <laughs> I could not have said it better myself. Thank you, Dan. Yeah, you did, man. Well done. Good memory. Man, what a guy. He's Neil. It's Orange Ball. Orange Dead. Neil. I am at ball with Neil, by the way. Yeah, it's at ball with Neil. If you're, fo- if, you're following, if you're following Orange Ball's Neil, you're following a very different website. Uh, he's Ball with Neil. B-A-L-L-W-I-T-H-N-E-I-L. I am at Dan Vespers. This is Fantasy NBA Today. Fantasy 101, lesson two complete. Tomorrow, maybe Brandon Marcus. Again, dependent on the debut of our Hoopball Clippers podcast. Either way, the uh, Fantasy 101 week one continues on Wednesday. Neil, are you with Josh again on Thursday? I am locked and loaded with Josh moment. Oh, yes. The zest. The sriracha sauce that is Josh Millman coming in hot on Thursday. Uh, Adrian and Coach wrapping up their summer league breakdowns, the third part three that's on Friday of this week. Have a wonderful Tuesday, everybody. Big thank you to Neil for having a short-term memory so long. This has been a hoop ball presentation.